Wendy's over here, like being like, yeah, so I'm the author of 30 uh, full uh, novels. Um, and you and I are just like, yeah, I can't write a paragraph. So, okay, eight still, Wendy. Eight is a lot, okay? <laughs> eight is a lot. I've been watching, um, they put like the first two seasons of iCarly on Netflix. And so I now saw that. I, <laughs> and I haven't even, I just watched one episode and I didn't even, it's not like I've been binging it, but I cannot get the theme song out of my head when she's like five, four, three, two. God, I can't, I can't. <laughs> it's playing in my mind just constantly. Um, that show is <clears throat> whack. <laughs> Terrible it's so bad I I don't know why like you know when you go back and you watch a show that you watch as a kid and you're like why was I so dumb to sit in front of the tv (laughs) and watch this like I don't even know how it's possible I never really watched it I watched a couple episodes or at least like parts of episodes because one of my friends had an iCarly birthday party so they were like showing little parts of it but I never really watch any full episodes I don't think not missing anything, anything Wendy anything <laughs> you're not it missing not anything good yeah the humor is always it's always so mean that's the thing that I I notice a lot when I'm watching like older kids shows is I'm like <laughs> humor is always so it's always about making fun of somebody else yeah in a just super mean way mm, I don't know <laughs> I want to watch um Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and then Sweet Life on Deck. I never really watched those either, and I want to watch that. Watch those? No. We didn't have Disney Channel, (laughs) so I missed all of that. The only one I watched was Wizards of Waverly Place, and I loved that show. Still do. Okay. But, yeah. Well, you can, you got Disney Plus, I guess, if you really want to go watch Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. (laughs) You keep (laughs) meaning to. (laughs) Go and watch it. Yeah, uh, that one's also, that one's also just all over just all over the place like Jackie said the brand of humor of those shows is just yeah awful <laughs> it's just awful but it makes me think of since we're talking about dual narratives today and we've got the twins and Sweet Life of Zach and Cody <laughs> I love kind segues. of a segue it's kind of a segue right I mean one thing that makes me think of is how different Zach and Cody are in the show one I always related more to Cody because he was just a sweet baby nerd um, but his brother, Zach is quite, quite rambunctious. Um, and they kind of contrast really well, which I think is one of the things I really like about dual narratives, um, is when we can get like that contrast between characters who are so different and how they view the world in different ways. Um, but why don't Wendy, since you have written multiple dual narrative books, why don't you describe to our listeners what a dual narrative is in case they don't already know? Okay, Um, so a dual narrative is when you have a book that is told from two perspectives, or it can be more perspectives, but with dual two. Um, So we were talking a little bit ago about how they can be the two people who are narrating can be friends, lovers, siblings, um, people who don't even know each other, which doesn't really happen that much, I guess, but it could. Um, and yeah, so it's just, it's two people who are narrating the story and it goes back and forth between them. It can be first person. It can be third person. My personal favorite is first person, but my favorite is first person in general. So that makes sense. But yeah, that's pretty much what dual narratives are. 
That's funny, Wendy, because I'm actually a third person fan. Like I, I, yeah, I struggle to get into um, first person a lot of the time. Uh, so it has to be very specific. So that's kind of funny. I, it'll be interesting to see. And now I'm looking at most of, I think most of my books are in third person that I have written down for this episode. But honestly, now I'm mine are mostly in first. Myself. So here we go. It'll be, it'll be a nice <laughs> conversation. I have no idea what um, point of view perspective these are other than their dual narratives. So that's fun. Um, but honestly, I prefer first person just because like when it's like when they know each other and it's like just going back and forth, you see the different ways people interpret like an event. And that's just, it's so good because when there's like kind of frustration or like, um, like a tenseness between the characters, it's like, yes, I want to see exactly how the fight went down, whose fault was it, and just, I just think that's so good when it's in person. Yeah, I like, so that brings up something that I like about dual narratives too, which is seeing the same scene from two different POVs, and even if it's not like, even if it's like, okay, we see, you know, a scene from character A's POV, and then in the next chapter, when we're in character B's POV, we see, like, the aftermath, where they're, like, thinking about what went down. I love seeing the differences and how the same, like, two people view the same event, Um, and like you said, there's so much potential for miscommunication, which we love, um, because it can be very angsty, and a lot of, there can be a lot of tension. Yeah, there's a lot, I feel like in dual narratives, there's often, there has to be some sort of tension between the two POV characters, right? Yeah, I think so. Like whether, yeah, like whether they're like, whether it's like they're on opposite sides of the war or like they're siblings or they're trying, they're falling in love with each other. Like I feel like there has to be some sort of, some sort of tension between them. Yeah, going into the tension, I guess I can start naming some of these um, amazing dual narratives that we have. So we'll start with fantasy, I guess. Um, one of the dual narratives that is my favorite I don't know if it's my favorite I don't know I enjoy it is an ember in the ashes and since I pulled all my books here it is for Hannah and Jackie uh listeners you can picture the cover in your own head but um (laughs) yeah that one's really good if you haven't read an ember in the ashes I 100% recommend it I've actually read the first two but I need to read the third and the fourth the fourth just came out um but yeah it's fantasy it's amazing enemies to lovers relationship that happens and then there's just a whole lot of interesting um developments and I'm gonna hand it over to Hannah actually because she's read it more recently (laughs) than I have I have also only read the first two books but it's because I when did I finish the last the second book Wendy it was like probably like a month ago so I need yeah yeah don't you think okay so I need to read the third and fourth as well but I love that Elias and Laia are from they're like you said they're on opposite sides of like this tyrannical society where Elias is in the kind of the military who who oppress um the I think they're called scholars is that uh Laia who Laia is I think she's part of like the scholar cast um if I'm incorrect you can you can let us know but anyways I love seeing basically how because of their different statuses in the same world they kind of navigate it differently I don't know if that makes that that makes sense but I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't read it but um it's really cool and because it is fantasy and because it's a lot about like rebelling against the system it's really cool to see the different ways 
that the two main characters do that um, in their in their own kind of way. It's it's so fast paced too. I remember reading that book in like two days just because you can't. I don't know. I couldn't flip the the pages fast enough. I guess. Yeah, I was the same way. I think that's one of the first ones that I actually stayed up to finish. And I was younger when I read it too. Now I do it all the time. I did it last night. But that was one of the first ones where I just couldn't put it down. I love that book too, because we get to see so many times where um, they haven't met each other yet. And it's like interesting because as readers, we we know the two characters. And so if, it, if we're in a situation where they don't know each other at the start of the book, um, I love those scenes where they do first meet and it's like, oh, we know who the other person is, but they don't know. There's like kind of some sort of like dramatic irony there, I guess, in terms of like, how does Laia see Elias for the first time? What are her first impressions of him versus like what we know about him? Um, I think that's really, that's really cool to, to, to see how their, their impressions, I guess, evolve throughout the book. That's my favorite, I think, part about dual narratives is like that first scene where they meet each other. And yeah, it's just, it's so fun to see. I just love playing with perspective. And so it's just really fun to kind of switch it all around and see it from different angles. So I feel like you guys are like way ahead of me in like the fantasy game. Thank you for introducing me. Um, For me, I think the only book that I've read in like the fantasy genre that has dual narrative is A Song Below Water. And I actually forgot that it had this. I was like, this is one of like my favorite books of 2020. How did I forget? Uh, but it alternates between like, um, they refer to themselves as play sisters, um, Tavia and Effie. And like, they kind of like, their tension is just like pulling them in like completely different directions. And because it's like a coming of age story and it kind of deals with massage noir and like them um, living within like a fantastical world in um, Portland. It was just so good for the fact of all of this being put together. And then the kind of hate that um, the characters who are specifically sirens get um, because they're predominantly Black women, and kind of how each of the characters deals with that, and like the envy between them, and the ways that because they're being pulled in different directions, they kind of find themselves, and the, I don't want to spoil it, but there's like a reveal of like a really like great character that I feel like isn't shown enough in like books in my opinion. I don't know if you guys read them. Um, I don't want to say what it is, but <laughs> it's really good. I highly recommend, guys. I am a firm believer in, like, not spoiling things because, like, reading it for yourself is just so juicy. Um, but, yeah, I really like that one for the fact that I love, um, whether they're, like, real sisters or not, I love, like, female relationships and the way that they like um interact and kind of um you're kind of set up as a reader to kind of side with one or the other and by the end it's like you want them to come together you want them to love each other still and I just I love it so much guys 
that reminds me of a book I read in 2020 um, that is about like the the crux of the novel I think really is about like the evolving friendship relationship between it's not romantic so I don't want to like tell like insinuate that um, it's just a friendship but uh, Parachutes by Kelly Yang um, which alternates between the perspectives of Danny and Claire um, and basically um, Claire is from China and so she comes to the U.S. Um, as a quote parachute those are like kids who come and stay with host families in the U.S. to go to school there and so Danny is um, like a fellow student who is like hosting her I guess um, and they come from like very different socioeconomic backgrounds so that's part of like the tension between them Claire is very wealthy and Danny and her mom are um, in working class uh, but mo mostly the book is about like how they have different experiences with rape culture. Um, and I don't know, I guess I loved seeing them come together, um, not just because of their trauma, but I just, I loved seeing their evolving relationship. And, and like you said, Jackie, the dual narrative thing is great because when you're in one character's POV, I think we're drawn to kind of side with them when there's conflicts but then you know we may go to the next chapter and see it from the other character's pov and then be like oh crap now i now i know why they said that thing or now i you know i love that too um yeah so parachutes is great though everybody should read it definitely look up some content warnings for it though before you read uh because there is a lot of potentially triggering stuff in that book but it is uh really amazing it's not fantasy though it is contemporary so I should make that clear. I know we were talking about fantasy books, um, but definitely very, very good, would recommend. Another book that um, kind of has that disparity between the, the economic status between the two POV characters um, that I just, I read at the end of 2020, I think, um, is The Ravens by Cass Morgan and Danielle Page. Um, I read it with Once Upon a Book Club, so shout out to them. But um, it's really good, and it has, so this one um, is duly narrated between Scarlet and Vivi, um, and it's also kind of a side topic, but I love it when it's dual written as well. Um, I always kind of enjoy trying to figure out which author wrote which character, but yeah, so this one has to do with a sorority. It's really more new adult because it takes place in college. Um, but I don't know. I, it was in the YA box for Once Upon a Book Club, and it's really good. Um, and it's this sorority and their witches. And they end up having to figure out how to save themselves, um, like their sorority and their sisters, and kind of some other people too, um, without spoiling anything. But yeah, I definitely recommend that one. And then another Once Upon a Book Club one um, that is also um, dual written is Miss Meteor by Taylor K. Mejia and Anna Marie Mecklemore. Um, and I know Jackie read this one as well. So I'm going to pass it off to Jackie. Tell me why I was literally waiting to bring that one up. I was like, okay, this is the next one I'm going to talk about because they're talking about, you know, like sisters and friends. I love that book. So I good. love it so much. Like, um, the characters, Lita and Chiki, are so, like, they just remind me of, like, me and my sisters, honestly, because they just, like, beef about, like, the most ridiculous things that, like, only you and your sister would fight over, or, like, you and your siblings. And I just think that the premise of having 
them deal with like I guess like coming out in their own particular ways because like um, I'm pretty sure Lita is a, the one that's a star and then Chiki is the character she um, is trying to grapple with coming out to her family as I believe pansexual or bisexual correct me um I'm not pansexual. sure which one that is I think it's pansexual um and I just I loved it so much I think that this is another one of those books that you just see the characters interact from their particular point of views and you're just like what is the truth what really went down between you two because it feels like neither of them are willing to like own up to their own kind of like mistakes and yeah I want to know your thoughts Wendy I loved it I read it really fast um and the once upon a book club gifts were so cute too one of the gifts was like a miniature cornhole board with like little little tiny bean bags it was so cute I like sat there playing with it for like an hour but yeah um I loved that story I loved all of the fantastic representation in that story um, and just really getting in their minds and in that world. Um, and then the whole beauty pageant thing was just a really fun twist too. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. Okay, so we've talked about friends. Now I wanna talk about the falling in love aspect that can be part of dual narratives, which I know Wendy is like literally dying to talk about. And I'm interested how in your books, Wendy, you handle this as well but when the two uh pov characters fall in love and that's that's part of like the narrative so i'm thinking of um i don't know jackie if you read this i know we were all talking about it though um dash and lily's book of dares by yes. david levithan and rachel Cohn, um which was just adapted into a netflix series but that one's really cool you because it's it. it's epistolary yeah it's it's really quick too like you could read it in like yeah. two hours um, but they like pass, uh, obviously a book, a notebook back and forth and write each other notes, um, which I think is a cool, like addition to like dual narrative. Like not only are we seeing both of their perspectives, but it's like through this notebook, which I think is like super cute. Um, yes. yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what you guys have to say about that book or just the falling in love in general, but I loved seeing their relationship evolve in, in that novel. And the series too is pretty good if you're looking for Christmas time. Yeah, I um, I actually haven't finished watching that series. I think I got about halfway through and then the Christmas season kind of ended and school started and so I never got back to it. But I'm, I'm going to finish watching the series, but I did read the book um, and it's so good. Yes, yes to everything Hannah said. Um, it's also kind of that anonymous pen pals to lovers. Yes. Wrote. Yeah. So that's another part that is just really fun. And that one especially is really interesting as you get to kind of see what or how they're picturing each other when they don't know the other person on the side of the notebook. And then when they do meet each other, it's not the best impression that Lily gives Dash right away. Um, so it's it's really fun to see that from both of their perspectives. But Another anonymous to pen pal, anonymous pen pals to lovers one um, that I know I talk about all the time, but it's because it's so good is Tweet Cute by Emma Lord. Um, so that one is enemies to lovers, anonymous pen pals to lovers with a Twitter war going on. Um, but they're not well, and then there's also an app as well um, that they think is somebody else. 
So um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot because I know I've talked about it in like every single episode, but yeah, it's so good. Um, and then another anonymous pen pals for lovers is Geekerella by Ashley Poston. Um, and that one is amazing as well. Having con um, things in there and just, it's so good. And Jackie's are that one as well <laughs> too. But yeah, I definitely recommend those. I recommend Geekerella too. I think it's so like, it's so cutesy and it's like within this certain pocket of time and like everyone, it just reminds me of like, I don't know, like the new girl, like phase of life where everyone was like quirky. I don't know how to explain <laughs> it, but like literally the publisher is called Quirk Books. So it's like, it's self-explanatory. So my favorite like romance I guess person because I don't read a lot of romance is Mary H. Detroit. She is the love of my life. Um, she could do no wrong. She's coming out with a new book. I'm so excited. And I'm literally looking at it on Goodreads. And you know what's recommended right next to it? Tweet you. So it's like there you go. I might have to pick it up. But it basically is these two characters who are like down. They're just so depressed in life, honestly um Penny and Sam and they kind of just like come upon each other like completely just by accident I'm pretty sure like it is like a completely like terrible thing that's happening like I think there's like an anxiety attack or someone's like literally like collapsing on the floor and so um the other person comes and like tries to help them and to make sure that they are okay they make each other their emergency contact and then they just keep texting for the whole of the book and I just I love books that are told in like letters or text messages or emails yeah so it just gave me so much life and like naturally because you know they're two attractive people they (laughs) fall in love and it's just like yeah I need more I would like a sequel I am gonna read that book this year though I said it the last episode but I am going to I am committing to it I'm going to read it so question for you about that Jackie is it told in part prose part text message or is there like portions of the book where it's like just text messages um it's both it's like prose. you're like following them doing whatever they're doing and like self-reflecting a lot and then there's times where they're like together, but it's from Penny's perspective or Sam's perspective. But when they're not together, it's like mostly text. I'm okay. Sure. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm trying, like most books that I re- read that are contemporary will have little sections in text, but I think tell, like telling larger pieces of the novel through text messages sounds super cool. Um, and I would respect anybody who can do it well because you're just doing basically like sentence like sentences by themselves and trying to tell a story so I respect anybody who can do that well and make you feel their personalities and like the romantic tension just through text messages <sighs> sounds amazing another shout out for tweet you then because Emma Lord does that <laughs> super well in that too <laughs> I need to read Tweet Cute too. I, yes. I have so many books that I, I need to read more romances. Like Jackie said, I love them. And I don't know why I deny myself the enjoyment of reading them. 
but I need to. I really need to. Um, another one that is fantasy, but it is romance, is Crier's War by Nina Varela. And this one is basically set in a universe uh, where humans are enslaved by automatons. It sounds really intense. It is, it's very good. It's told from the alternating perspectives of Aya, I think is how you say her name, A-Y-L-A, and Cryer, and basically one of them's uh, an automaton, one of them's a human, and it is very, very, very good. Um, but it made me think of like the opposite sides of a war kind of situation that um, a lot of dual narratives have. It reminds me of the Savage Song by V.E. Schwab as well, where that's opposite sides of a war between humans and monsters. And I'm wondering what you guys think about that. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the two characters falling in love, but um, I don't know. I really like seeing the differing perspectives over a conflict. It doesn't necessarily have to be a war, but I feel like in fantasy, it often is. Yeah, I love it. I love it when they're falling in love. Um, like I kind of mentioned in the last episode, I love like the life and death situation type of love things. Um, but yeah, two ones that I was thinking of with that. Um, one of them is Carve the Mark by Veronica Roth. Um, have you guys read this one, by the way? I haven't. Oh, no. So good. Um, I she wrote something. she she wrote Divergent, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I only read the first Divergent, so not super familiar with her work. It's good. Um, and so yeah, this one is dual narrated from it's either Syra or Kyra, not sure. And Akos. Um, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna go with Kyra. Um, is kind of more in like the ruling class type of thing and then Akos is more of just like a regular person in this world but it's more sci-fi than fantasy but also with fantasy elements um and I'm not really a big sci-fi person but this book was really good um but yeah it's it definitely has that being on totally opposite sides and then Akos ends up have kind of getting taken by Kyra's family and so then he's like there and then they learn um, to kind of work together. And yeah, there's other things about that. Um, him being the only one who can, this is desperately trying to avoid spoilers, um, who can do something with her. Um, we'll, just, we'll just be very broad with that, <laughs> but it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I definitely recommend that one. And then one of my favorite books ever is Legend by Marie Lu. Um, and I love it so much that I actually own two copies of it because I bought the, all of them, there's three, well, there's four now, but, um, the original three in one type of book. And then I forgot that I already owned the first book in like a different style. So now I have two copies of it, but yeah, it's so good. That one, I kind of mentioned this in the last one, but, um, June is in like the military-esque class um with like she's like the higher up more upper class type of things and day is really low class um he's like a, a thief um and doing all of these different crime things to to save people and help people and they're thrust together in a situation and it's just amazing so i definitely definitely recommend this book so good and yeah to answer your question earlier which i totally realized that I did not answer about falling in love <laughs> over dual narrative. Um, I just love it so much because you can see both perspectives. And like we were talking about earlier with the miscommunications, it can help 
the reader just be kind of aware of everything going on and make your own decisions on it um but yeah I don't know just falling in love you just see you see the whole process with a little bit I guess wider view of it because you can see both sides um so I don't know and for me like I said before I've never fallen in love so I love seeing both sides of that and just kind of being like so this is what it's like but yeah that's just me personally about that but fantasy dual narratives are so good too both of those books all of these books just read them all they're all good uh so I want to ask so real quick so what's it like writing that then Wendy when you're writing dual narrative I'm going to assume knowing you that the book you're writing right now that the two main characters are going to fall in love and that's just a guess that's just a guess <laughs> I'm going to say it's pretty likely what's it like for you when you're planning out which scenes you want to do from which characters POV and how that connects to their relationship I know it's a really broad question but I'm just curious when you're thinking about okay who I want to write this scene how do you decide which character you know you think would be better suited for that POV or or I don't know take that wherever you want okay um it kind of happens organically sort of so like I for this one specifically normally I'm a really big planner when I write and for this one specifically I was trying not to plan too far in advance so I could kind of just see where the story was going um so I knew that I wanted to go back and forth between these two main characters but then I also wanted one chapter for each of the more side characters um so I kind of just was planning it out as I went with like this is where the plot is going and I need to go back and forth. Um, so it just kind of happened, I guess, for, uh, without giving too much away, they end up, they don't know each other, they're not together or anything at the beginning, and then they come together about 100 pages in, um, and so not together together, but like, like meet each other, um, and so I had to tell both sides of their, what was going on in their lives, getting up to the point where they meet each other, so that was just going back and forth, um, kind of on the same timeline but yeah um so then once they do meet each other and they get together at that point it kind of is just how to who is most affected by the events is kind of one part of where my brain goes with it so if I need okay their names are Kai and Lucy so I'll just go ahead and say that um and if I need Lucy to explain something in her perspective because she has a very different outlook on the world than Kai then she gets the chapter, but if Kai needs to be involved um, because Lucy's unconscious <laughs> or something, then he gets the chapter. Um, so it kind of goes back and forth that way. It also has switched around a few times, which is an interesting thing. There's one character named Essie um, who had two chapters. This was before I decided that all the side characters would just get one chapter and I thought I was going to kind of just narrate from all of the characters multiple times and then I changed it but she had a second chapter that was her perspective and then I ended up having to go back and change that to Lucy's perspective because of the way the story went and what I need to happen um so yeah that's kind of that kind of answers your question I guess it just sort of happens <laughs> I don't fully decide in advance like okay I'm gonna well, no, I kind of do. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's such a part of my writing, I guess, that it's really hard to kind of step back and look at it because I've been writing dual narratives since I was 12. <laughs> so it's it's comes really easy to me to just kind of like 
separate it, all the events out by character. That sort of answered the question. Yes. How and I'm and I'm always interested too with writers who write either dual POV or multi POV stories. How they get into those very separate mind spaces, I guess, because especially if you have two characters who are very opposite, how do you how do you get into their voice? I guess I think is really interesting. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't written any dual POV stories, um, but I don't know. I just find that interesting how, how you you do kind of have to try to find that space where that yeah. character exists and then be able to like switch over to the other character when you're writing from their POV. Um, and also yeah. one thing that I love, I don't know why you talking about that made me think of it, but in dual POV narratives, when we're at one, one character's perspective and the other character does something that they can't quite get a read on, I guess, if, if that makes any sense, like a, a behavior or they say something that they, you know, there's something else going on behind the scenes in the other character's mind, but because we're relegated to the, that character's POV, we can't quite see that. But then maybe later on in the book, we're, we're brought back to that moment and it's like, oh, that's what they were thinking when they did that. Or you know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, I love that too. And sometimes I think it depends on what we've seen them do. So like we might know going into it, like the the event or whatever is going on in the one person's mind might have happened first and then the other character sees it. And so that's a fun way to kind of be like, oh, well, that's why they're reacting that way. Or if you find out later, then yeah. Yeah, I love that. Right. And to answer your question about getting into the different voices, that's actually a pretty new thing for me specifically because that's something I'm definitely trying to work on and have been working on since my writing workshops freshman year. But yeah, right now it just happens. I don't know. It just kind of happens, I guess. Um, but I think for me that at the moment I'm writing in different dialects. So like Kai is in Cockney, Lucy is in standard British. Um, and then everybody else kind of just has different things. They come from different time periods, different places. So that all just kind of goes into it. So that's it for me. But yeah, other authors, I always wonder about that too. Like if, I know some people have playlists that they get into it with. Um, lately, I've been listening to the sound of a wooden ship creaking <laughs> when I write. <laughs> so I totally annoyed my mom the other day doing that, but it worked. So but yeah, I know yeah, that some awesome. people have different things that they do to get into it. And I always wonder about that with other people too. Just imagine your YouTube history is just like Victorian street ambiance or like <laughs> I did the other day I searched London street sounds or something. So yeah. <laughs> that, oh yep. I'm just baffled by the fact that you're like, I've been writing you know, dual narrative since I was 12. Tell me why I literally couldn't get past like the second chapter in my own writing because like I don't I'm... actually like to write. I just like coming with ideas and <laughs> saying I'm going to write. But it nothing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to become a published author by my senior year. I'm going to start writing a book my freshman year. Guys, <laughs> the just stupidity, the straight stupidity, <laughs> thinking that. Like now I'm like, guys, even if I wrote a book and finished it now, I'll probably be like 30 before it gets like picked up. 
I'm just I love that. But it will get picked up if it gets picked up. Working hard. (laughs) It won't matter if it gets picked up when you're 30. You're still a published author. I mean, honestly, doesn't matter. True. Yeah, time is just a number, as they like to say. Uh, (laughs) Going going back to the dual narratives, um, the book that actually inspired me to start writing dual narratives is The Red Pyramid by Rick Riordan. Um, Have to have to throw him into this conversation because he does it so well. Um, So that one is one of the only books that I've read dual narratives with siblings. And that one is just so clever because it's audio recordings that we're listening to. And so it's, it's amazing to like, I just love it so much. I listened to an audiobook recently too, but you can hear the other character in the background sometimes here in quotes, um, or the whoever's narrating, like if Carter's narrating, he'll say something like, hey, Sadie, stop, I'll get to that or something. And it's just, it's fun to kind of, it lets you into like the background of them recording it. Um, and also shout out to my friend, Ashlyn, who's been in writing classes with me because her um, short story that she wrote for one of my writing classes also did that with like audio recordings and it was so good. So I can't wait to see what she does with dual narratives and writing in the future. Um, but yeah, I just love that. And I had to mention that book because that's what originally got me all in love with dual narratives. That book sounds like it has just pure chaotic energy. And I really appreciate that. It was, I read like the first book when it came out, when I was like, literally like oh, yeah. a fetus, I was like, just like eight years old or something. <laughs> so I literally don't remember. Uh, okay. So I was 11, but, um, I don't think I read the rest of the series for some reason. Oh, I don't should, think, Hannah. I don't think the Kane Chronicles clicked with me for some reason. I, I, for some reason I, I, I tried them because I liked Percy Jackson. And then I don't think I ever read the rest of them. Um, I'm with you though, Jackie, going back to what you're saying. Wendy's over here like being like, yeah, so I'm the author of 30 uh, full uh, novels. Um, and you and I are just like, yeah, eight. I can't write a paragraph. So, okay, eight still, Wendy. Eight is a lot, okay? <laughs> eight is a lot. We just, I just want to learn from you um, and, and everything that, that you do. Uh, we I'm also, okay, somebody <laughs> mentioned time period differences. And I haven't read any that are dual POV that are in different time periods, mm-hmm. but I think you guys have. It changed my life. Um, Lindsay, would like would you like to go first? You can go. You can go. Okay. So the book Pulp by Robin Talley is told in like current day, whatever whenever that book came out. I think it was like 2017. I might be wrong. Um and then like the 1950s and it's told um in the point of view of the two characters like the two main characters Janet and Abby and it kind of just deals with like um one of the characters being in the 1950s as a lesbian woman just like being held down by the patriarchy and like being expected to like be married and just kind of like finding um community in like these um these books that she finds I think like back in the day um queer fiction had to be like really hidden in like um behind newspaper racks and stuff and I was just like completely in awe because I had never read anything like this and 
after I read the book, I was just like, oh my God, this just sounds so cool. So I just like became completely obsessed with like lesbian pulp fiction. And I still am. I love like old timey like paperbacks that just look like they're falling apart. Um, and so the character in current day, we're kind of just like seeing how like times have changed between the 1950s and like now and how this girl is able to be out. She's able to like go to protest. She's just able to like fully embrace who she is. And I just, I loved it so much because she I think is doing a project based on these um, Pulp Fiction novels. And she comes to find that her favorite um, author had to go under a pen name and it wasn't actually a man writing these books. It was a woman. And it's just, it's just so good. I, I love it so much. I highly recommend. It was fantastic. The one that I've read that switches between time periods is The Paper Girl of Paris by Jordan Taylor. Um, and I actually was not a huge fan of certain elements of the book, um, specifically like the modern day side of it. I didn't agree with some of the choices she made. And so I, that kind of hindered me from enjoying it, but I loved the historical part of it. Um, and then my dad read it and he absolutely loved the whole book. So I think it's kind of personal preference, but it takes place, um, the modern one, I don't remember what year, but it's, it's present day, our present day. Um, and she visits Paris after her grandmother, I think, dies um, to go to her grandmother's apartment that she's left her. And she and her parents had no clue that her grandmother had this apartment in Paris. Um, and so then she kind of starts digging into it and discovering these secret parts of her grandmother's life um, and figuring out that she lived in Paris um, during World War II. Um, and that her sister, yeah, her grandmother's sister, um, was this, uh, rebel person. There's a word that I'm not thinking of, but, um, somebody who was rebelling against the Nazis during that time, um, resistance worker. And yeah, so it's really interesting. We get to see it from Alice, who's the modern day granddaughter, um, and Adeline, who is the her grandmother's sister um, during World War II. And it's just really, really cool. I loved how the times were woven in together. And then at the end, we start seeing more of the connections to present day. Um, so I did really enjoy the dual narrative part of it and the, um, the time period parts of that. Um, I have a blog that I wrote for Pine Reads about it. So if you're interested in my thoughts, you can check that out. Um, but yeah, there were just other elements that bothered me, but that was just me personally. And um, yeah, it was good overall. And the time period thing was just so cool. I don't know, I can go on to a different category if you guys want. Yeah, I mean, I can't, or, uh, what's your, what's the next subgenre? I can't think of any, so. Yes, it's just please. POV um, still with the third person. All those ones I've mentioned so far have all been first person. Um, but some of my favorite third person ones, pull up my stack of books. Um, That's a big have, stack, Wendy. It's it's four books, but oh, okay. they're just all big maybe books. Looks, I was going to say, yeah. maybe it looks bigger. Yeah. Um, well, one of them is 
House of Hades, but the Here's Olympus series is told from multiple perspectives in third person. Um, I think it's three per book. Is that right, Hannah? Three per book, like for, I thought the last book, Blood of Olympus, had like more than three, but it might. It's I think that one I has, I honestly can't remember either. I read them when they came out, but I feel like the last one has pretty much all of them in it but uh, maybe so. I'm mistaken somebody a huge Rick Riordan fan will probably come by and say you're wrong um and then I'll say yeah I am wrong thank you but yeah there that series the first one obviously is narrated from Percy alone and then the Heroes of Olympus series he goes into third person and he has it from multiple people in all of the books and it changes in each book so that's really fun in a really cool way um other ones are a similar type of thing is most likely by Sarah Watson, which I just read. Um, and that one does kind of what the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants does, where it's four girls and they all narrate different sections, sort of, not really formally. It just kind of jumps back and forth between all of their perspectives, but in third person. And Sarah Watson does it really, really well. So I recommend that. Um, and then another one of my absolute favorite books is Passenger by Alexandra Bracken. I 100% recommend this. You guys have to read this. It's time travel. It's romance. It's amazing. Um, there's action adventure things and it's so good. Um, so yeah, that one is just third person dual narrated. And then Nocturna by Maya Motain is third person dual narrated as well. And that's fantasy. So I recommend all of those. <laughs> those are all good. Do you guys have any more or should I continue? listing because I have some more I don't think honestly I I have many multi POV books I think that's actually my favorite type of like book in terms of like perspective I love uh books that are narrated by multiple characters but honestly I think I'd have too many to list so you can keep doing it unless Jackie do you have any specific ones you want to give a shout out to no I cannot even think of a book that has like multiple point of views right now so I just keep on giving those book recommendations, please and thank you. <laughs> um, one of Us is Lying by Karen and McManus um, is the multi one like Hannah's talking about. Um, and it's so good. And I actually just bought all the rest of her books for my mom for her birthday. So I'm going to be diving into those and reading a ton of Karen and, and McManus. Wendy, but, can I, I need to ask you, how are you getting your parents to read books with you? Because I, that's like my dream is to get my parents to read books with me, but I physically exactly. can't, I can't get them to do, like my dad, no, he literally has openly said that he's probably read five books in his entire lifetime. And, but my mom reads, but like, it's hard to get her to read books that I'm reading. How do you do it? I want to, I want a family book club. I want a family book club. That sounds so much fun. I mean, it only sort of is. Shout out to my parents because I know that they're going to listen to this. Um, so hi, mom and dad. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of go up to my mom. I'll finish a book and be like, okay, you have to read this and then just like give it to her. And then she's been reading them. She's been enjoying the Pine Reads ones. Um, we read, well, I read Cemetery Boys and then Miss Meteor and then I don't even remember um, Race to the Sun a lot of different ones and I just read them and then I handed them to her. I had her read Darius and then we were like talking about that together um, about all the tea what things. The heck? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you my parents, they enjoy reading. <laughs> um, my dad, you just hand them. Too, but yeah, 
You just hand them the book and they say, yeah, Wendy, I'll read this. I wish it was that easy. I wish my parents listened to me. Just like, mom, read this, please. And then she would do it. I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, I love my parents. I don't want to, I don't want to shade on them, but at the same time, guys, get with it. Get with it. <laughs> Be as cool as Wendy's I will parents. Shade them. <laughs> You're Honestly, like, I, I'm no like, shade. <laughs> please read anything ever. I, I honestly have gotten my sister to read books and my boyfriend and I have a book club between, you know, us. I'm like, guys, let's read together. let's read these books together um (laughs) which we like kept up during like summer so I would like read a book and then I would like hand it to my niece and be like you should read this and she would but it's like I want more people to read with me because that just sounds so fun to be like you're on that chapter okay let's talk about it like who am I who do I get to talk about books with other than y'all nobody me, myself, and fair, I. Wendy. Me, myself, and I. <laughs> it's not I fair. Yeah, that's, I have my older sibling reads with me sometimes, but I feel like having a parent read would just be a different level, you know? It would just be, it'd just be a different level. Some more books, recommendations for you guys. <laughs> um, I know I've talked about this a lot too, but the Once Upon a Con series, all of them are dual narrated. Um, Gigarella, like we said, and then bookish and the beast those are both um between the two lovers i guess um but then the princess and the fangirl is really cool because that one's between friends or at least people who become friends um but yeah so that's that's an interesting way to do it and those i love them that's kind of what drew me to those in the first place was the fact that they were dual narrated and then i loved them so it was a good choice um but then also yes no maybe so which came out in 2020, I think, in the paperback version just came out. Um, that one is dual narrated. It's really good. Totally recommend. And Of Curses and Kisses um, by Sandhya Menon, Menon I think. Um, that one is also dual narrated and super good. And then I did want to mention um, Replica by Lauren Oliver, because that one is dual narrated. But have you guys read it, by the way? No, but I like the title. No. Okay, so it's, she tells the entire story from both perspectives. And so it's like one of those books what, where what? you- What, <laughs> Yeah, so cool. Um, you have like, in, I read it from the library, so I had the physical copy. And so it was like, you can read one of the stories and then you like flip the book. <laughs> that hand gesture didn't work, but you flip the book and then it's the other story there too. So it's the entire story, same story but both perspectives. So you can read it however you want. I did it where I kind of read um, like a few chapters from one perspective and then flipped and read the same few chapters from the other perspective. You can read all of one perspective and then flip and read the other perspective. But I loved that and I tried to replicate that. Haha, see what I did there? Um, <laughs> with um, nice a, short, Wendy. a short story that I wrote for one of my fiction writing classes as well, which was really fun to explore that. Um, The hardest part was finding synonyms for the same words um, because I didn't want to just like say the same exact thing. But yeah, so that that is a really cool thing and I want to see more of those types of books because it was so much fun to read. I don't actually remember what it was fully about, but I loved it. It's taking it to the next level though, like literally telling the same story from two different POVs. Like that's, that's that's at the next level. 
of so good. dual narrative storytelling for sure. I I love talking books and you have read so many, Wendy, like literally, like I'll be reading like one book and you're like, oh yeah, I just I just finished three. I'm like, where? How? Like do you read books like in the shower while you're sleeping? Like where when <laughs> do you wish. have the time? Wendy goes into a pocket universe where time <laughs> doesn't move forward and then she reads and then she comes back into our universe to do everything else. I That's wish my that happened. No, I don't even know how I'm doing it. This semester, I'm just like, I something clicked. Last semester, I was staying up like really late to read books for Pine Reads, like the night before we'd film the podcast or things like that. And this <laughs> semester, I'm like way ahead on my list and I don't even know how that happened. So I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how to answer your question. It just happened. Do you listen to audiobooks or is it just straight reading the whole time? Because it's just the only reading. way I can finish multiple books is through audiobooks but like they're lost to me um an audiobook that I really enjoyed that is dual narrative um is clap when you land I I feel like that's one of like that's the only times that I really like audiobooks because like the switching between the like character voices like keeps me in it um but even still I need like a physical copy of the book and like because it's written in verse I just I adore verse guys like it's it's one of my favorite ways that people write now and I feel like that's really recent because even though I liked um Elizabeth Acevedo I hadn't really come upon other authors until like last year and I just I want to devour like every single verse novel because they're just that good um but I do highly recommend Capulina specifically um because it has a lot of like trauma and like resentment and like the sister um kind of bond and like broken relationships that I adore that I think you guys will really enjoy honestly um but yeah I mean your secret how you finish so many books I don't know (laughs) I just like (laughs) stay up to read them I don't know I don't know I'm just slow I guess Brad no, you're um, not, Jackie. You're not, you're not slow. We're it just average. We're just average readers. <laughs> like when when we were doing the podcast season one, I was literally like, I know they're finished with the book, and I'd be like there, like right, right before, and I would still like forget the details of the book. <laughs> like that's another thing that Wendy's good at like she'll be like talking about like all of these books like just right now she's talking about like 12 books and she like knew them like I just read a book and I don't even remember the characters names like I'm once I'm done with it once I take my bookmark out and close the book I just I'm out of the world like who is that I don't know On to the next. <laughs> um yeah guys I don't I'm not a very good like keeper of like details it's just it's out the window it's gone it's gone (laughs) it's gone (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think that's I I relate to that though uh, a lot in terms of forgetting what exactly like someone will mention uh, that something happened in a book and I'll be like did that happen I don't remember reading that um maybe I'm just dumb uh but yeah, no, I, I relate to that uh, as well. Not remembering anything that happened, especially when I read a book really quickly. I think when I read yeah. a book really quickly, I often forget 
what happened in it. Um, but then the opposite happens if you read a book really slowly right. and you're, you know, then I'm, then I'll open up the book and I'll forget what happened in the previous chapter. And I'm like, wait a second, what's going on right now? I don't remember. And then I have to go back and look before I can keep reading. So it's just like, you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you read too quickly. You don't remember, you read too slowly and you don't remember either. Or you're yeah. like Wendy and it doesn't matter. And you just remember anyways. <laughs> I don't remember. I totally forgot. It was The Darkest Minds by Alexandra Bracken. And I completely forgot that I actually read that book. Like I picked the book up again to read it. And then I was like, wait, I think I read this like two years ago <laughs> or something. I just, I have no memory of reading it, but it sounded familiar. So yeah, I'm, I totally don't remember everything either, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. But the plus side of that is that if you do reread it, then it's like you're reading it for the first time. And if it's a good book, then that's right. a plus. Because I always, books I really enjoy, I'm like, I wish I could go back and read that for the first time. Like Legend Born by Tracy Dion. I'm like, listen, erase my memory and then let me read it again so that all the twists and turns, I'm surprised. I'm emotionally invested. I mean, I'm going to be just as emotionally invested in it but I wish, I wish I could go back and read it for the first time because it's so I good. can't wait. I'm so excited to read that. I feel like I'm overhyping it for you guys, but then I think about it. I'm like, no, I'm not. It is that good. Like I'm not overhyping it. I'm giving it the hype that it deserves. Um, yeah. So I yeah, exactly. It does. It deserves all the hype and more. Um, okay. So I think we're just about wrapped up here then, unless you guys have anything else you want to share on dual narratives. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Wendy, why don't, what are we doing for the next episode? Is that our Wings of Ebony episode? By yes, Chance? it okay. is Wings of Ebony by JL, and I'm so excited. I'm going to start that one, like, probably this weekend. I need to finish The Hate You Give, and then I'm starting that. So I am very excited for that. But yeah, so next episode, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, Wings of Ebony so it's going to be a book specific episode which I'm really excited for because we haven't done that in a hot minute yeah. so I'm I'm excited this book has been getting a lot of well-deserved hype and so I'm just excited to finally get to read it and get to talk to you guys about it and scream about it um, <laughs> because that's what it's gonna it's just gonna be me screaming at a high pitch <laughs> frequency the entire time because I can't <laughs> form words because I love it so much that's all that episode is going to be um but yeah I look forward and, to it yeah look forward to that <laughs> look forward to that um bursting of your eardrums as you listen to me uh yeah Wendy do you want to do you want to take us out then sure so as always folks keep reading and thanks for listening the Pine Reads podcast is hosted and produced by Wendy Waltrip Jackie Balbastro and Hannah Miller for weekly reviews, blogs, interviews, and other kidlit content, find us online at www.pinereadsreview.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Pine Reads Review. Thanks for listening.